Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm sharing a conversation with you that I had with Joey Caffone. He is the CEO and co-founder of Baron Fig. Baron Fig is a New York design startup that is rooted in its mission to champion thinkers around the world through inspiration, imagination, and productivity. They create tools for creatives. So in this conversation, obviously, we talk about the creation of Baron Fig. We talk about the creation process for them in, in their creating creative tools for creators. How many more times can I say the word creative or creators in this recording? I don't know, but I'll try and fit some more in here for you. And we also talk about, obviously, uh, when they're creating analog products, are they thinking in mind creating them digitally and vice versa? We're talking about that whole analog versus digital, and is there really a, an issue there? Again, enjoy this conversation with Joey Caffone. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show Joey Caffone from Baron Fig. Joey, welcome to the show. Eric, good morning, man. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. And so you, gosh, you've got this strange, it's not a strange position. It's strange for me, though, because notebooks and other analog tools and, and, and all this kind of stuff, uh, gosh, they never really fell out of favor. They've been around for forever. It's the original productivity tool in a lot of ways. Um, right. But with the advent of and you know uh, all the digital tools that came into existence and 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 now are in everyone's back pocket for the last 10 plus years now um there's been a resurgence and so i i wonder how did that play in or is that even any part of the idea of coming up with the company yeah no i get this question a lot and it's it's actually has two parts so the first part is just about notebooks in general and then about technology in relation to it. So as far as, as notebooks in general go, uh, I, I, I think people think that I'm sort of a crusader of analog or something like that. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm not, I am more like a crusader of the best tool for the job. 
And for me personally, and what I've witnessed with all the creatives that I've worked with uh, as a designer and just now, you know, with Baron Vig, is that a notebook really is the foundation of of thinking uh, outside of your head. So what I mean by that is like all the brainstorming kind of happens in a notebook or it's distraction free and there's no parameters really or rules that a piece of software could have such as, um, you know, like Apple Notes or, or Google Docs where you have to type within the, the, the way it is either in cells or in, in the sheet itself, things like that. Uh, so there's a lot of freedom and that gives you freedom of thought, I think. So as far as, as I'm concerned, notebooks are great for thinking right now. And I don't know if that's going to be the way forever. And I'm I'm fine with notebooks kind of falling off the grid, even. And you know, that there's my there's my living falling off the grid. But <laughs> I think that's fine. Uh, so you know what's happening now with notebooks and relation to technology and iPads and all these things, I think is extremely interesting and, and certainly unexpected, even for me. So Baronfix started back in 2013. For those of you who aren't familiar with us, uh, we started on Kickstarter, actually. I was, um, I was in design school, and I was really disappointed in the notebooks that were available. And what it really came down to was not just like the quality of the, the, the paper, let's say, because the paper was pretty much the only thing a lot of these companies got right. But the design I didn't like, the aesthetic. You know, as a designer, that superficial stuff you know, the surface uh, does have an impact for me and I think a lot of people. Uh, but also the brand was missing some big stuff. And I felt that there was no heart in any of these brands. They weren't speaking to me. You know, you have companies like Moleskin, right? They're huge in, in, in every airport and, you know, all over. Uh, they have their own stores now, actually. But when you look at their website, you see a lot of drawings and illustrations in the notebooks. And that just was so weird for me because I'm looking around at, you know, entrepreneurs, designers, and we're not drawing nearly as much as we're just writing out our thoughts and brainstorming. And so I thought there was a disconnect in branding. Anyway, to get back <laughs> on track. So what I'm what I'm realizing now is when I when I started that back in 2013 and we did the Kickstarter and we did 10,000 notebooks in 30 days, which was totally wild. Uh, I'm realizing that now the newer, the younger generations, I'm 31, uh, they grew up with computers. Computers are not really anything new. Um, whereas notebooks in some sense are a novelty because everything is about technology and computers nowadays, all the latest stuff. And, and, um, and yet, I see more and more younger people stepping back and using notebooks because it's sort of like a quote unquote new experience and a different experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's almost like a I mean, I, I'm going to throw a word out there in a second. But first, I'll say it's got this vintage feel to it where it's got this classic tried and true, um, you know, just foundational ethos to it, of course, then. A lot of people are like, oh, those hipsters with their notebooks. There's the word hipster. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get uh, people go, oh, man, Joey, that hipster from Brooklyn. And I'm like, <laughs> the, pretty much the whole time, I'm like, dude, I live in Queens. <laughs> Enough. But anyway, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, so long story short, I think notebooks are the best tool for the job when it comes to brainstorming. 
Yeah, and, and I want to get into a little bit more of that, but first, I want to also kind of hint at the fact that uh, the the brand, the name of the brand specifically, I was intrigued to find out that there's it's not just a fancy sounding name, which a lot of people could think is the case. Baron Fig, you know, like Baron, you know, there was this character named Baron Fig and he used to carry his notebook. I, I'm making up a narrative here as I go, but, <laughs> but that there's actually some really cool meaning behind the name. I'd love for you to share about that. Right. So it all happened in a Thai restaurant back in 2013 with uh, a couple buddies. And I said to them, I really like the word Baron, but it doesn't sound that good alone. And so uh, my one friend Scott, without hesitation, goes, how about Fig? And me and Adam, who ended up being my co-founder at Baron Fig, we're both like, you know, what does that mean, Baron Fig? And he's like, I don't know. It just came to mind. And I'd spent the next three or four months trying to come up with a better name because if it's a company about ideas, how can I have a name that means nothing? <laughs> so... I had tried. I must have come up with, like, I want to say a list for 300 names for these guys to review. Finally, I looked up the the etymology of the word Baron and the word Fig, and I found out that Baron is a symbol of Apollo, and Fig is a symbol of Dionysus, and they're brothers of order and chaos. And I realized that that perfectly reflected the creative process of having the discipline to work at your craft, but also the ability to be impulsive and play and come up with things that you haven't tried before. And so then the name worked and we ran with it. I love it. And I think that's a great embodiment of kind of what you do and what you do for creatives. And and in fact, what creatives do is kind of work within, you know, an order, but be crazy and creative and impulsive, but at the same time, fall back on the, the discipline, the hard work. It's extremely difficult balance to keep most of us either have one or the other but it's very hard to to kind of keep both in check so uh, one of the cool things i think is that you guys have this again this this um i mean you're a small company but even small companies can have a culture and your mission is this idea of being there to champion thinkers with inspiration with imagination and productivity and i'd love for you to kind of share how you take each of those three things and not only live that out in the company, but let's even talk a little bit about what you guys make and, and how it's really well made. First off, cause I'm, I'm holding a, oh gosh, I'm an, a, a confident. Is it confidant or confident? I'm confidant. Confidant. Like, I have a, like your best bud. Yes. It's a confidant too, in fact, uh, in my hand. And this thing is solid. It's, I mean, I would be proud to hold a notebook like this and walk around, but, um, yeah, those those things that that is in your culture that you embody as the company as well as are there to provide for um you know the the thinkers, the creatives that are coming to you for your tools. The the mission has really evolved a lot in small ways, I guess. Um right now our mission reads to champion thinkers around the world through inspiration and imagination. And then we have three principles that we try to do this with, and those are simplicity, usefulness, and community. So the simplicity really speaks to design, but I like I like design not to be the the end point of what we're achieving. So for me, simplicity is the end point, and design is what I use to achieve it. So I like our products to be very straightforward, easy to use, but also beautiful, something that almost – 
inspires you to use it. Have you ever gotten that feeling where you buy something and it's just, you feel like it's so well made, at least I hope, you know, for us, if you feel like it's so well made or so nice, you want to treat it better and thus it kind of treats you better. I'm trying to think of, of when that has happened recently. Um, not ne- not necessarily with a tool, but I-, I think maybe the last time I really had it happen was when I sat in a-, a rental car and it like just fit like a glove and it ran so well. This was about two years ago. And I right. just was like, man, I should have had a fender bender more often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's it. For me, you know, I-, I love my MacBook just as much as I love my notebook. And I think I-, I treat I treat my stuff well and it treats me well. So I get I get that feeling uh, from my computer. So that's simplicity and in, in through design. And then we have usefulness, which is um, the tools need to be functional, right? I, I see so many uh, products that are put out on the market that are not simple, that they're kind of like, let me do, you know, the pen can have 10 different colors and it can have a pencil and it can flip around and be a highlighter. And that to me is is fake usefulness. It's actually like the more you try to be useful, I think there's a peak and then you start to degrade where there's there's too many options. And tell me if I'm going off track, but this is one of my favorite uh, ideas that I, I used to teach when I was teaching design. And that is imagine that um, you, every single person has this uh, pie graph and it's called the attention pie. Okay. And if I hand you, let's say um, an apple, right? nothing else, then that fills up your entire attention pie. So you 100% of your attention goes to that apple, right? But say I give you, you know, an apple and an orange. Now, immediately, I've cut that in half to 50% and 50%. And so when we start adding a lot of elements to things, what we're doing is making each element less and less important and less and, and thus less and less impactful. So for us, the notebooks, all the products we designed to be very simple and straightforward, their use is clear and it's much more easier to kind of get it integrated in your life and then also just understand it through the web since we don't have any physical stores. We're all through baronfig.com. Does that, does that make sense so far? Yeah, that's perfect. Sweet. <laughs> all right. So then the last thing is community, right? And the, again, I'm listing the three elements that we kind of like, the principles that we use to achieve the mission. And the community is, is the biggest one. So it, it is the best for last. Uh, and we, we like to say that our products are designed by the community and they, they really are in every way, but the literal sense, like clearly that we don't have a thousand people reaching through their screens and manipulating the products, but we have so many channels of feedback and we're constantly asking. So for example, you come to our website, if you read our story at the bottom of our story, it says, Hey please send some feedback on what you think. Then maybe you go and you buy the product. You get it. The next day we say, thank you. Please send some feedback. Then you get the product and you use it. Again, we say feedback. You actually, when you open the product and look inside, somewhere there's usually a thing that says, hey, please provide feedback. And so what we've done since the Kickstarter days is constantly, constantly keep that channel of communication open with the community. And it's helped us find the always the next spot that we need to be working on. And it's, it's, it may be, it's obvious, but it's been extremely useful for us. 
I mean, you're talking about community and the fact that your community is dictating who, I mean, they're the ones who need the tools. So if you're the one who's making the tools, then having a relationship with the people who need it, they can best speak to what they need and then you can best deliver what they need. I mean, it's oversimplified for me to state that. And yet, I mean, people, other, I mean, there are companies out there who don't do that at all. I mean, they'll yeah. do, I mean, they'll do what a focus group is like, what do you think of this? <laughs> what do you think of this flavor, something or other? And I'm just right. like, yeah, but that's not, that's not a partnership like you're talking about. Oh, I like, I like that. It's like a partnership with our customers. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So I, I really like that. So uh, what, I mean, what are some of the changes that you've done? Like, I mean, when you're getting this feedback, I mean, obviously you aren't just making notebooks. You're making, I mean, there, there is notebooks. You've got the, the, the pens. You've got the notebooks. You've got, you've got sticky notes. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. I've got a stack here of, oh gosh, I'm going to, I'm forgetting what they're called, but they're the note cards, which these oh, the are strategists. Yes. The strategist note cards. These are great. Like I have for a long time. I mean, I'm at a standing desk and I've got this whole, you know, wide open desk area here. Uh, for, for me to maintain focus, but I've had like a, a mini legal pad sitting here just to be able to like, okay, I flip it open, pull out a pen and then start, you know, writing ideas down. So I'm not capturing them in a black hole of digital technology, <laughs> right? you know, um, oh, yeah. and, and we can get into that a little bit too, but, um, but these note cards are replacing that for me now, because to be able to pull one out and have a, a singular idea or a, uh, not a singular idea, but maybe an, a focused, like, here's all one topic and a couple of ideas on that topic. And now it's one card and I can sit it here and I can move it around. I mean, it's not a sticky, but it's, you know, anyway, I, I, I guess I'm falling in love with your stuff, I guess is what I'm saying. So <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but that's not all. I mean, you guys are, you guys are making all this stuff like backpacks and I, I think I'm missing some stuff here. I'm not saying at all, but like, yeah, no, I can fill in the blanks. So cool. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So we started as a notebook company because to me, the notebook is the heart of creating something. You, you, every idea starts in a notebook. Then what we did was we drew circles around it. So like you said, we added pens to use with that. And then we needed to provide cases to hold the stuff and then backpacks to hold all that. And then we're slowly moving and we're getting these rings. They're bigger and bigger. So the idea is not to make Baron Fig, the notebook company, but Baron Fig, the thinker company. And it just started with notebooks, you know, and we're, we're only five people, six people right now. And we have declined investor money so that we can keep the creative spirit alive, you know, and kind of experiment with some really wild things without anybody telling us that that may or may not be profitable. Uh, so that's where we're at right now. Maybe you're like me and you're a content creator and you know that creating content is an essential part of what you need to do, but it's not always seamless. You may not have design capabilities. You may not have experience doing something professionally, but you're doing it professionally anyway. Ever since I found Canva Pro, I can design anything like a pro on any device. Canva Pro is a design platform that empowers you to create and share stunning content in just a few clicks. Canva Pro has premium fonts, photos, video 
shows, and much more that add personality and edge to whatever you're designing. And designing in Canva Pro is amazingly fast and fun. You can choose from thousands of templates that are easy to customize, or you can just start from scratch. Even if you're not a designer, you can design together with others that may have higher skill level than you, sharing, editing, commenting in real time on the same page. Plus, you and four teammates can unlock everything in Canva Pro for just $12.99 a month. Their extensive library of features and stock photos, video, they've got all these endless options, not just for you to find what you're looking for, but to find something that's going to inspire you and give you a signal as to go down the right road for whatever project it is you're working on. In fact, I think that's my favorite thing about Canva is this there's so much there under the surface. You can design like a pro with Canva Pro. Right now, you can get a free 45-day extended trial when you use my promo code. Just go to canva.me slash beyond to get your free 45-day extended trial. That's canva, C-A-N-V-A dot M-E slash beyond. Canva.me slash beyond. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is one of those things where, again, somebody who's into notebooks, I don't know, I, mean, I'm, I won't go into describing that person any much more than that. They would geek out on your site. In fact, like I have, I mean, th- that's what they would do. And I'm not even a huge notebook person, but I am becoming one. That's definitely apparent. Um, <laughs> So, oh gosh, but one of the things in particular, you guys have this notebook that is coming out soon uh, called the Clear Habit Journal. Um, it's available for it's available for pre order, and this is unique because it's got a specific purpose. It's got uh, an intentionality behind it. That, um, does, it, I mean, you, you have intentionality behind all your products. I, I shouldn't say that, but this has something that's bonus because it goes along with something that's just come out, which is James Clear's, um, Atomic Habits book. How did you guys strike up that partnership? And I mean, did you just find out about the book or did he approach you? And tell me a little bit more about this journal and how it, um, works together with what he's talking about in his book. So uh, James and I met at a retreat like a year and a half ago, last summer, I guess, the summer before this one. And uh, we kept in touch. And earlier this year, so like in January, it might have even been December of, of 2017, he was like, hey, man, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm writing a book and I think a companion product would be really successful and almost necessary. So we ended up brainstorming. We got on the phone um, 
in January and we started designing this. And I, I think uh, at first we, we really, we were shaped, we didn't, either one of us knew what it was. And I think what probably makes it, hopefully knock on wood, makes it successful and great is that we came together as, as a true collaboration and there was no one saying like, this is what it's going to be, you know, and, and just have Baron Fig print it or design it or just James write it or whatever. So we ended up making this thing together where um, we would send notes back and forth and I would mock things up. I personally designed this uh, product myself and uh, Chandler helped with the illustrations and whatnot. And then James gave all the feedback and wrote all the content. And what we came up with is really, it's as clear around James's Atomic Habits Notebook. And it provides you a perfect format in the back of the book with habit trackers so that you can track your habits either monthly uh, or yearly or weekly. There's a, b- a bunch of different ways you can use it. But it's also, in general, just a really great notebook that is aimed at boosting your productivity. James wrote um, a bunch of toolkits in the back of the notebook, and they each help you do something different. So, for example, of course, we have the Habit Tracker Toolkit, uh, which is just templates for tracking your habits. But then we have the Decision-Making Toolkit, which James writes methods for what he calls more effective thinking. So like a decision journal or second-order thinking. Are these ideas familiar? Yes. Sweet. And James probably uh, has or will speak to you about this. Um, You know, Eisenhower Box and, and all these cool methods that different people have employed to to reach their goals or to kind of like move things forward. And then we have fitness trackers and toolkits and just a lot of ways where you can make this notebook fit your life and and have it work for you. As I looked at this, I thought, man, okay, I've got to get my hands on this for for January because again, uh in in talking with James recently and that episode will have just come out before this one. Um I honestly have to admit that that was one of probably the the most impactful episodes the, of the show that I've ever put out there. And it, it's still something I'm wrapping my head around a little bit more and trying to figure out how to implement. But this is a great tool to have in the arsenal to work along with that, uh, you know, methodology and approach to habits and especially because how of how important habits are. So, yeah. James right now, I mean, he's on fire. He uh, he got New York Times bestseller, and he's just been going from you know interview to interview. He's been on TV, and he just has you know just having finished the book, he has all of this information and this data at the top of his mind, and he's just it's fascinating to listen to him kind of dig into different approaches and, and ideas about habits and. Forming habits. Yeah. Well, and and the the great thing that it's actually his first book, which is insane. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I told him I'm looking forward to seeing what your next book is. And he said, "Yeah, hopefully it it won't take as long as this one did, which was like six years." But I mean, honestly, it, it was one of those things where you when you have an idea, you take your time, you know what the right uh, you know amount of work that's needed for it is, you. Uh, you know, design it correctly, do all the research, get it together. I mean, it, it, of course it took that long, but, but I think it was worth it because I think it's one of those more or even most impactful books out there in the space. 
So yes, yes, James, James, slow and steady won the race for yes. sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just getting started, and it, it already shot up there. So, I, so I love seeing that you guys have this journal coming out. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, you guys aren't just doing ju- this journal though, and and or the notebooks and the pens and everything like that. You guys are still, uh, again, you're doing all these different things. Like you've got a podcast for think. I love that it's called the Eureka Podcast for Thinkers. thanks yeah the podcast is is a fun is a fun thing to do and it started out as an experiment uh and we just kept going you know like sitting down like this and talking to people it's it's beneficial for the business sure but it's it's really just enjoyable yeah i I was taking a look at it and uh and i subscribed by the way um it's it's one of those things where yeah I, i i love to hear people talk about how they come up with their ideas you know, it's one of those things where it's, it's a, it's a little bit further out of my wheelhouse than I'm used to listening to, but that's a good thing because I like listening to stuff that's going to spark more ideas and, and inspire, um, you know, moving forward with great creative work, like, uh, what you guys are doing and what the podcast is doing. But I want to talk a little bit more, I guess, about this digital versus analog or digital and analog when it comes to, uh, managing as well as creating. And that mm. those, that those things aren't necessarily in opposition, but for some people, they maybe can be. Does that make sense? Yeah. So how do you deal with that supposed, uh, you know, friction or, you know, uh, fight between the digital and the analog when, it, and, and or the, the managing slash, uh, creating the designing that you do? For better or worse, I, I, for some reason, don't really divide the two in my head. I'm just, it's just, you know, this is a pencil and this is a mouse and this does this and this does that. And I don't, thankfully, I don't think too much about it. Uh, but it does, it's like I said earlier, it's a frequent question that I get. And what, you know, maybe the answer is too simple, but it really comes down to what is the best tool for the job. So, for example, managing the Baron Fig team. We use Basecamp. I'm a, a huge fan, and thankfully the team over the last couple of years has gone along with me testing out all different methods. Uh, we had a whiteboard where everybody listed things for the week. Then we moved on to uh, note cards. Then we moved to Sana and full. finally we're on Basecamp, and we're all absolutely in love with it, and it's fantastic. Highly recommended. Uh, they did not pay me to say that, but it's just it's too good. And then for creating, you know, every idea does really every good idea starts in my notebook. And there are once there's once in a while where I'll like skip the notebook and I'll just get to designing. And I always realize that it's sort of missing kind of like a mental um, structure that that I need to have in my head before I start. And what I'm able to do in a notebook is I'm able to get ideas down super fast and super rough, you know, and say thumbnail a new page or uh, uh, some sort of design that I can then quickly have the full view in order to then go and, and start on the details. And they work, they work in tandem and I just go back and forth. Is that kind of where you're going with yeah, that? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, and I and I love. See, here's the thing. I love that you just basically you you skated over it and just said, if you don't see it as a problem, it doesn't have to be a problem. It's mm. you know different jobs and different tools for different jobs, and uh, even the fact that you you stated like, look, I start off it, you know, the best things 
come when I start off in the notebook. Yes. And, and, you know, I just bought the new iPad that came out. Uh, oh, see, few- and, and I got one a year ago. So I'm like, ah, I'm not going to upgrade, at least not yet. So. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, I'm, I, I kind of upgrade half because I want it, but, but also half because I do want to stay up to date on what the latest, you know, notebook competition is, is facing sure. sort of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can, you can say it's quote research. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, you know, I really wanted to get into the last year's one with the Apple Pencil and everything. And I just, I found myself going back to the notebook and I found, I I gave it to our other designer, Chandler, and he also was going back to the notebook. And that's a good sign, sure. But, you know, in a weird way, I mean, this, there's Joey, the, you know, founder of Baron Fig, and there's Joey, the person, the, the designer and the creative is, I kind of am rooting for Apple. And... In rooting for Apple, I'm aware that I am kind of betting against Baron Fig. But the worst thing I can do as a founder and as an entrepreneur is be in denial of my market, be in denial of our, you know, one of our key products. Uh, so I'm really just constantly exploring what that means for us and going forward. Yeah, I, I think that there's. I mean, I, I I was impressed. I mean, I was watching it. I've I've played a little bit with the pen. And the iPad in the old iteration, I haven't seen the new one, um, you know, but again, uh, I, so here's the other thing that, that that's unique to me, I guess, is I, I don't really love my own handwriting. So it's like uh, writing, handwriting. Yeah. It, it was always like, right. oh, my gosh, typing is so much easier and it looks neat and it's nice. And so, you know, I, I kind of default to that, but I have to say there's just something with a different part of my brain that's going on when I'm not using a computer. And, and my question there is, is will that part of my brain get tapped into if I'm using the iPad and the Apple pencil? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I guess that's, uh, remains to be seen. Yeah. So I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I mean, and I do wonder, you know, what, it, what, what is it about that? part of our brain that, that works that way? Can we trick it enough to still tap into enough of that, I mean, I don't want to call it that's the only creative part of your brain because, again, people are creative and people are doing good work with technological tools. But there is something to having analog stuff and using it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is a productivity podcast, and I feel like this is a perfect time for me to contribute uh, a million-dollar idea for you guys and your listeners you know, if you decide to use a notebook, and this idea can also be done digitally, but I've never gotten as much out of it. And the idea is extremely simple. And so it starts with the common phrase, um, you've heard quality over quantity, right? Right. Right. And so, the, you know, everybody agrees. Yeah, of course, I'd like something nicer over something, uh, you know, more of something. But when you are the one that has to go and do that, that phrase is extremely lacking. In terms of how do I get to quality? You know, okay, great. I know that I need to make something nice, but how? And, and it's actually the answer is tucked right into it in just like rewording it, sort of. And the answer is that quantity begets quality. And what I mean by that is that the more you do, the better you get. Right? Super simple. Uh, but oftentimes, it's it's left behind. And this has to do a lot with James Clear's 
kind of concept of like 1% better every day. Mm, yeah. But it's applying it to instead of a macro scale from day to day, it's kind of like a micro scale where it's, you know, in a session and you're just brainstorming. So what we do at Baron Fig, especially back when we were first starting, is any time we had to come up with something, whether it be a limited edition or a marketing campaign, uh, what have you, we would assign ourselves to sit down and make a list of 50 ideas for it. And, and we would go only for quantity. I would, you know, if someone hit 48, I would tell them to go back and do it again. And they would say, oh, I can't think of anything. And then I'd say, just write anything because you're solely going for quantity, not quality. And what would happen nine times out of 10 is that when you loosen up and you don't worry so much about getting a great idea, but any idea, you start to come up with really great ideas. And so for anyone out there who would like to go to baronfig.com, get a notebook, and then try this in um, peace and quiet without any notifications, you're going to find that it's an extremely powerful tool. So I know you don't know this, but there's a phrase that I have said since, I don't know, probably around high school. And it's, and, and in fact, I guess I always had like college ruled notebooks and I was writing in there. So I don't know what happened. I got, I guess technology kind of hijacked me at some point, but <laughs> the say, the phrase I would always say is good ideas come from many ideas. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yeah, so. Same thing. So Beautiful. yeah, it, it, it you're talking exactly about that. Is that uncorking of whatever the stop is that's keeping you from coming up with? I mean, just in other words, it. it I mean, some people would say there's no such thing as a bad idea. Well, yeah, there is, but it, it doesn't mean that they're bad per se. If getting those ideas out allows you to see maybe an iteration of one of those bad ideas and spin it off or a connecting tissue between a bunch of bad ideas suddenly suddenly becomes a good enough idea and then people are talking and then it becomes a great idea. I you know, I, I just love this stuff. Anyway. Oh, absolutely. I'm with you big time. You know, I find what's interesting is like say say I hand do you play an instrument? I I have in the past. All right. Well say I don't know. Do you play the flute? No. No. Perfect. I, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so say I hand you a flute, right? And you you know, I'm like, here, play this and you're like, Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be terrible and and I would be like, Yeah, yeah, you will be terrible and you know, your listeners would be like, Yep, yep, there's no doubt he's gonna be terrible, right? So people pretty much get that when you start something, you're going to be bad before you're good, right? Yeah. But then when we when we go and do things in real life, and it may not necessarily be such a big thing like learn the guitar or the trumpet or learn to draw, but it just may be like coming up with ideas for our next marketing campaign or our next product. People get so frustrated with the fact that the bad comes out first. Yeah. And I feel like there's this huge disconnect there. And if only we can keep it in mind, we can actually be a lot more comfortable and almost thrilled and, and even, you know, enjoying the fact that these silly, terrible ideas are coming out. <laughs> it's almost you almost need to retrain yourself and just say, listen, look how bad that is. Listen, this is awesome. Like, because <laughs> it, it's only going to get better if you try, if you yes. or if you continue, I guess. Yes. We have a lot of uh, bad idea fun at Baron Fig. <laughs> just like, you know, what if we rent, you know, what rented? I don't even rented a 100 cats and then. 
ran around in a hot air balloon with a bottled ship. I don't even know what I'm talking about, but we, we, we don't censor ourselves is my point. And not only do we have fun as a team, but we come up with some really exciting and interesting things that we get to do. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. You guys haven't been, when was it? 2013, which the was the Kickstarter. Yeah. If I'm remembering right. So five years. Or a little over. Yeah, it'll be now. five years in April. Okay. Actually, we cool. launched the the actual company in uh, 2014. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So yeah, wow. So five coming up on five years, and I, I'm just excited to see one that you guys are around. Two that uh, as I have become aware of what you're doing, that I'm finding that a lot of other people out there are rooting for you and excited about what you're doing and are, are part of that that partnership of your community, like we were talking about earlier. And I can't wait to see where you guys go. So awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So, well, I'm going to have to have you come back on and we'll, we'll talk about some more stuff, but uh, this has been fun. I'm wondering, uh, is there anything in particular you'd like to have me link up in the show notes? Obviously the, the clear habit journal and the podcast for sure. I'll let people know about that. Uh, Anything else you can think of? No, that's it. You know, I'd love for people to check out Eureka and uh, go there with an open mind because it's not just uh, it's all types of thinkers, entrepreneurs, writers, designers. And it's cool. I, I enjoy it because I think over time when you're listening, you find a through line where, you know, it's like listening to a hockey player and a basketball player and a tennis player. And you realize they they play different sports, but they can have a lot of the same lessons learned. And so the podcast I would love people to check out. And of course, our website. Sweet. All right. I will link it all up in the show notes for this episode. And Joey, thank you so much for being here. Cool, Eric. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, that wraps up another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Joey Caffone. I know I did. Uh, I couldn't help but geek out a little bit on the analog productivity tools. And that's not something that, you know, as a person who's really appreciated tech his whole life, I, I kind of had to step back and say, wait a second, before I really was allowed to or even could afford to have or purchase tech tools for productivity, the analog tools were always there for me to begin with. And there is just something really awesome about these products that Baron Fig makes. This is not a, they are not a sponsor. I'm not, you know, pitching them or anything, but their site has amazing stuff and I have some of their stuff and I really, really like it. And that's, that's as far as I'll go with it. But I, I gotta say, you gotta check it out. Thanks again to Joey for being here and talking about his process and the process of creating Baron Fig, their design and creative process, as well as their attention to detail when it comes to the things that they make and how they make them for you, the creator. And again, I'm still trying to fit in as many words of creator, creative, creativity in this conversation, in this episode as I can. Uh, And with that, I'll say... Uh, thank you for listening this year. This is the last official episode. There's a bonus episode next week. Um, if you have gotten something out of this show this year, I would love for you to share this with somebody that you know needs to hear it. Share your favorite episodes or share the show at large or even go write a rating or a review. I don't often ask for those, but hey, if you're getting benefit out of the show, I'd love for you to share it. I'd love for you to leave a review or even just a rating. I don't care. Uh, I never ask for that. Consider it a Christmas present. Anyway, (laughs) with that, I'll say thank you for listening, and I will see you in 2019. Creative.